Hey everybody, welcome to the You Are Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm your host, Father John, and the Executive Director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything related to transforming the church. And I'm here, as usual, with my co-host Nick and Mary, and our good brother, Deacon Steve, who's making an appearance again. How hey. you doing, brother? Hey, it's, I'm doing great. Thanks. We are live on location in Denver. We are. And it's great to be here in Denver. I love I love Colorado. It's one of my favorite states. So. Yeah, we've had a great time out here this week, doing a little bit of work and uh, getting a little bit of uh, team time together and a little bit of play too. We played some golf today. It was uh, it was pretty. Is that, what, is that what you call it? It was brutal. I'm not <laughs> sure what we call it. Is actually, yeah. there, were, there were two four putts for crying out loud. This is really pathetic. And uh, and the fires are really bad out here. Oh yeah, it was yeah. crazy. It, was, it should have been a blue sky. It was hard to see the landscape, but it was like which gray. is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so please pray for the people out here and in California uh, that uh, they'll find uh, relief and that the Lord will bring um, an end to this drought and to the the season that they're going through, which is really rough. Yes, yes. Nick, what's the topic? It's a good one today because uh, this is a time when. Things are beginning to get a little contentious. A little hairy out there right now. It is. <laughs> yeah, so today's topic is preaching on the difficult topics. This is this is especially geared towards pastors, of course, but um, this is really for everyone because, you know, uh, in this particular season we're in, um, it's very important to preach on sensitive and difficult things, but there's a, there's a way to do that in love and in charity mm-hmm. um, and, and with tremendous wisdom. So we're going to unpack that today, and um, yeah. Father John, one of our recommendations is for pastors, we need to pray before we preach, so will you pray us in? Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Lord, as always, we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in our conversation right now, that it would be uh, fruitful and efficacious for those who hear, especially for our brother priests and deacons, uh, for the great gift that you've uh, allotted to them to be heralds of your gospel, especially in this time in which we're living and so we entrust this time to you. We ask you to bless it and anoint it and put your words into our mouths and into the ears of all our brothers and sisters who hear us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so it's really simple. It's, uh, I think we want to try, to try try to share five thoughts. We do. With people, right? And, um, and maybe we just comment on it as we go along. So the first thought is simply this. Like, I always remember one of my mentors was uh, Father Francis Martin, who was a great um, priest here in the United States, one of the best uh, scripture scholars in, in the country, if not the world. And I had him as my, uh, as my director when I was doing graduate studies uh, in, uh, at the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family. And he said something one time I'll never forget. He said, uh, he was talking to us as priests. He just said, brothers, when you preach... Um, if you do not have a word from the Lord, just skip the homily and go to the creed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a great line. Yeah. You know, like, it is. Yeah. in other words, like, people don't need to hear your stories about your pets or, you know, like your favorite baseball team or whatever. Right. Like, this is not a time for storytelling. This is a time to get on our face, to hear from the Lord what does he want to say. Mm-hmm. And then to speak it. And he used to use uh, the prophet Amos as an example oftentimes with us. He would just say, you know, Amos is, uh, is going in, speaking to, um, to the community in Israel. And one of the priests comes out to Amos and says, hey, like, away from you or away from here, visionary. Go back to where you came from. Um, the king doesn't want to hear you. And Amos looks at him and says, uh, I dress trees. That's my job. I'm not a prophet. 
I'm here because God sent me. And he would use that as a kind of a paradigm for us. Like, if we have something from God, we should say it. And if we don't, then just don't preach because it's, it's really a waste of time. So that's the first word, a word from the Lord. And I'm sure you, you sense that too, Deacon Steve, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, practically, and you and I have talked about this. I mean, when do you start preparing for homily for next Sunday? This Sunday. That's right. You know, and, and uh, probably Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are spent in deep prayer, just waiting and jotting down notes. And what am I hearing from the Lord? And typically there's three or four things, you know, but and try to narrow down the one message. What What is it, God, that you want to say to your people? Right. What do you have to say to your people right now? Usually he's saying it to me. Right. And I just <laughs> preach it and let people listen in. But... <laughs> That's how it works. But. It's almost always the case, isn't it? Like it is, it's, it is. it's a we're preaching to ourselves, it is for me. and we're just kind of hoping that this is going to resonate with the people who are out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned um, you know taking notes and whatnot. I mean, so here we are. We're, we're away from our offices and, and out together, and so we're kind of doing our holy hours in the morning together. And I saw you jotting down notes uh, in your Magnificat uh, this morning, and I do the exact same thing. And we're just kind of praying with the Word of God being attentive to what it is he's trying to say to us and then giving him time to just let that soak in in the course of, you know, the days and, and the week leading up to uh, any given Sunday. So, so, so really practically speaking, each day, especially in the beginning of the week as I'm hearing you, Deacon Steve, you're, you're taking time in, like, in a chapel for the Blessed Sacrament and just saying, like, Lord, what do you want to say to your people? Is that, is that kind of the question you're asking yourself and, mm-hmm. as you look at the readings? Yeah, I'm asking, one, what are you saying to me? Mm. Like, what, what strikes me? And then, you know, the, the task is then to communicate that word to the community that you are, you know, whether you're pastoring or you're serving as an associate or you're serving as a deacon. Like, you, you know the community. Um, or at least eventually you begin to know the community. So what does the Word of God have to say to this particular family at this particular time, mindful that the Word of God is always relevant. So that's the first point. So make make sure that what we're saying is not our word, but it's God's word to the best that we can understand that, right? Or the best that we can discern that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So Father John, you and Deacon Steve were talking about, you know, preparing, like when do you start preparing your homily for the following Sunday? It's the Sunday before. But you're preparing every day when you go to prayer for the word that God's going to speak, that, that you want to share in a homily for daily mass, right? Yeah, I think oftentimes, you know, the impression that, um, that people have, I think, when they go to church, and, and that I, I don't know about you, but I can fall into myself as, a, as someone who's preaching, is Sunday is like a big meal, and daily mass is, it's almost like table scraps, and man, what a horrible way to approach the Word of God. Mm. People are coming every day to right. Mass, and they want not only the Eucharist, but they want something broken open for them in the Word of God. And so, yeah, to your point, Mary, um, hopefully uh, we are praying the night before, reflecting on the Scriptures. Um, maybe not as long as we would, obviously, on a Sunday homily, because it's going to be a shorter homily. Uh, and then the morning of as well. Like, Lord, what do you want to say to us right now? And, and again, like you said, Steve, it's usually, what do, you, what do you want to say to me? And hope that people will be able to resonate with that. Exactly. And I, I don't preach that many daily, daily masses. But, right. Um, and the majority, I mean, 
the majority of the people that we're going to get a chance to reach are, are Sunday, and you, you're going to spend more time on that. But um, live it, yeah, the Word of God every morning, prayerfully break it open, and God will have something to say. Right. I've, I've never, I've, have you ever prayed with the Word of God in the morning? There's nothing here. And there's nothing. Yeah, there's, there's nothing here. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> always it. Something to say, you know? Yeah. Because I know when we get together as a team, Monday through Thursday for daily mass, what you share with us is the fruit of your prayer. And many of us have already prayed morning, you know, made our holy hour, but it touches our hearts. And so we're taking more notes. So right. the fact that you guys pray and invest so deeply into what God wants to speak to us, I know feeds me and I know it does you, Nick. Um, amen. It's awesome. So first point, huh? Make sure it, this, it, you know, it's beating a dead horse maybe, but it's so crucial Preach if you have a word from the Lord and make sure it's a word from him and not from ourselves, right? Because it's, it's all too tempting to just say, share my message. Right. And the people don't need my message. Like whatever I, whatever I have to say is, is usually irrelevant. It's what God wants to say. Mm-hmm. Second thing might be simply something as, as simple as this. Particularly when you're going to preach something which you know is going to be contentious. Or it's going to uh, cause a stir. Share it with someone before you preach it, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, the, in this time of year, this time of the, the season that we're in, right? Election, election season. Com- the election is coming up, and there's hot button topics. I mean, there always are in the in in the news. There's always, but particularly now, and we. We need to speak into these. We can't shy away from them. Um, we need to speak into them. But there's a there's a way to do things. Right. And sometimes I don't do that really well. And and having and you and I've done this. You know, hey, this Sunday I'm going to talk about this. And we say, well, how are you going to do that? And we'll go into it and say, well, maybe maybe you should think about the way you're saying that. Yeah. Um, um, so that. So you don't alienate people. Right. Could be right. something to do with the election. Could be something to do with the, the social unrest that's going on. Right. Um, it could be with a whole host of different hot button issues that are going on. You and I, um, Deacon Steve, we were part of, uh, of a team of about, what, five? There were three priests, actually four priests at one point, and right. two, two deacons, yourself and uh, Deacon Dave. And one of us, this was, I, we just found this to be a, a really helpful um, practice to get into in a parish because we had five masses on a Sunday. And so the way I thought about that was it's kind of like having five children. And so if you want to have a family gathering and only two of the kids show up, what's the point? So we had five kids, if you will, the five masses. Right. So we, we made a decision to have one guy preach all five masses on any given weekend so that the whole family heard the same message. And it was a great thing. We were able to go forward, right? Yeah. And what it allowed us to do was it it gave us time to uh, to prepare, right? Mm -hmm. And part of the preparation was we would share our homilies with one another and go, this is what I'm thinking of saying. What do you think? And we would would offer comments back and forth to each other all the time. Um, I still have a priest friend of mine who every Wednesday night or Thursday morning, he emails me his homily that he's going to preach the, the upcoming Sunday and just says, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? I mean, that, that's just a great practice to be into. Um, we did that. I mean, you would help me. I would help you. We would yeah. help one another. 
um, because oftentimes we're able to, to recognize in someone else's delivery, this might not be coming across quite the way you want it to. Right. And I know how you want it to land. Right. And so let's remove any potential for like a landmine, which might somehow prohibit or inhibit mm-hmm. uh, the congregation from hearing what it is you want to say, right? Exactly. Um, and I, I learned this early on. Well, you know, the other thing is you don't want to have your, your pastor be blindsided by something that you're going to talk about that he doesn't know. And I kind of learned that early on um, in my preaching career, so to speak. You know, yeah. I was ordained and, and, uh, and I delivered a homily and the pastor was not too enthused with the way I delivered. He was, he, he was fine with the content, but the way I delivered it and, you know, he... We had a little chat in the sacristy afterwards. <laughs> he asked me to let him know in the in, in the future, and I always did, and it, it makes sense, you know. Yeah, and so so as a deacon or an associate pastor, it's just a great thing to be sharing, particularly if it's a tough topic or one that you know is going to cause you know some challenges for people. Share it with the pastor ahead of time and go. This is what I'm thinking of saying. This is how I've prayerfully come to this point. Right. What do you think of this? Exactly. And, and, and it's not just for deacons and, and associates. Like, again, as, as a pastor for 15 years, I mean, that's what I was doing with, you know, with you and with other associates as well. And I valued the feedback. I can think of, uh, we were talking in, in preparation for uh, this, this episode, uh, gosh, like the first year I think I was ordained. I remember I was going to preach on abortion. Oh, and yeah. I was, in a particular, I was going to preach on partial birth abortion. And because uh, that was in front of the uh, the Supreme Court at the time, and uh, I was just so saddened by where we were in the country that they were actually thinking of allowing this, that they were allowing this, and so I was uh, preparing a homily for it, and I sent it to my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, I have three older sisters, the youngest of the three, and uh, I just said I'd love your feedback on this, and um, I, I had at one point put in the uh, the preparation for the homily what I was going to do. I wasn't just going to preach. I was going to demonstrate something. And she called me and she just said, uh, John, um, no. No, you can't do that. There, there's there's kids there. Right. You know, you can't do that. And so, I mean, that was just really helpful for me. And, and I think, like, right off the bat, it taught me at a, as a young priest, there's a lot of value uh, to just getting feedback from others so that um, again, the Word of God can land as powerfully but as softly mm-hmm. in hearts so that it can actually take root and, and bear fruit, right? Yes. So second thing, yeah. share your homily with, with someone you trust. You trust. And I, I do, I've done that with Jeannie over the last That's right. Years. You're with your wife. Yeah, we'll chat about it. And just, you know, That's got to be she's, great feedback. She's, she's uh, very honest. <laughs> that's going to be raw feedback. <laughs> it's great feedback. So, yeah. So, third thing is, um, Mary, you can speak to this a little bit because we would do this oftentimes as a, as a parish. As a team. Yeah, our yeah. staff, which, was, which we called a team. Right. One of the ways that we would prepare the setting, if you will, for a difficult word. That was coming on Sunday. Yeah. Tell so them about it, that. So as you guys know, we would get together every day and pray for um, an hour together. On some days we made a holy hour together. Other days we prayed for a half hour. But it wasn't unusual for us to go into the church proper, roughly 20 to 25 of us. And we would go into the church as a team. And we would just disperse into the church. And we would walk in the pews 
and around the perimeter of the church inside uh, for the purpose of sanctifying that space. So if a particular word was going to be delivered that week, um, we did a prayer walk or a rosary walk, and we, we would say to one another, we're planting grace bombs in the pews so that the word of God, as you just said, Father John, would land well, would settle upon the hearts of God's people so that they would be docile to receive what it is God wanted to speak that week. Yeah, so, so th- that image, grace bombs, is just such an awesome image, right? We would, we would often talk about as a team, so that's what we called our staff because we weren't a staff, we were a team, and in fact we were a family because we prayed together, as you mentioned, every day for at least a half hour every day as a, as a parish staff. And then uh, at least once a week we would go into the church and we would often have this image, right, of, you know, like planting a, you know, a quote-unquote bomb underneath the pews and we would cover the whole congregation where everybody was going to be seated mindful that come Saturday evening or Sunday people were going to be sitting there and the idea was like a time release time release capsule and and grace would just open up their hearts to hear the difficult word mm-hmm. that that we had kind of collectively prayed about and talked about that we thought God wanted to deliver to the family at the particular time, huh? mm-hmm. and, and we saw tremendous fruit from that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We would all, we would comment. We we'd, <clears throat> we'd anticipate hearing from people, and we did, and we know that was the fruit of of, of our prayer time. So together. you're telling me that you could see like a noticeable difference from before you started doing this to after you started doing this. I mean, like you're preaching about difficult things, Father John, your whole priesthood, and then. You started doing this intentional thing with the team, and it made a, it made a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. And so this is the truth in any given parish, right? People sit in the same spots every Sunday, <laughs> right? And so you know, so I'm, I, would, I would look out. We would do this often on a Tuesday at, uh, at the parish. And so we would be out there, and, the, and the, the team would be seated in different parts of the church. And I would see where they were seated. And as I'm looking at them praying there, as I'm praying myself, I would be thinking of, well, I, I know that guy sits there, and I know that family sits there. And so uh, I would anticipate on Sunday um, them being able to um, kind of experience the grace bomb exploding. Mm. And then when I was preaching on Sunday, yeah. I could see from a few days before, like Mary praying there or someone else praying there. And so you know this as a preacher, right? There are places where you're feeling resistance because mm. you can feel it. You can mm. feel faith and you can feel a lack of faith. And so as you're preaching a tough word, if you're feeling a lack of faith from some segment of the, the church proper, the building, you could see in your mind a few days before Someone was praying there, mm-hmm. and it would just ease any sense of apprehension mm-hmm. or fear in us, mm-hmm. right, as we would proclaim the Word of God. Like, I'm just going to trust that this is going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to take root. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So that's the third point, huh? So um, a, a great thing to do as you're preparing to preach a difficult topic is get some people, whether it's the staff, if you don't have a staff, because a lot of guys don't, get some lay faithful, get an intercessory team to walk the church and, and just prepare and, and pray in the church that the hearts of the people who are going to come 
uh, on any given Sunday are going to be open to what it is that God wants to say. That's beautiful. Right? Okay, so first, get a word from the Lord or just go straight to the creed. <laughs> exactly. Second, share a homily with someone you trust. If you're a deacon, share it with your wife. <laughs> uh, third, do a prayer rock in the church. What's the fourth thing? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, Steve. Maybe you can touch on this, huh? Clarity. Clarity. Yeah. Clarity, yeah. If, if it's a, just a little foggy in the, in the pulpit, it's a dense... You know, it's a dense fog in the in the pews. So, um, be be crystal clear about what right. you're going to talk about, and and don't leave things to, for people to connect. Connect the dots for them. Right. Don't leave it hanging. You know, be crystal clear about what you're talking about, and connect the dots. We joke often amongst ourselves, right? Like, how is it that you can't read my mind for crying out loud, <laughs> exactly. right? Like, right. And and of course you can't read my mind. And oftentimes I think when we preach. Uh, it, it's a temptation to imagine that you know what I'm thinking and where I'm going. And that's oftentimes not the case. And so, yeah, connect all the dots and do it as gently as we can, mm -hmm. as clear as we can, and with as much charity as we can, right? Yeah. And keep it, keep it simple. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, we were, this is interesting. So we were talking about preaching last night before we even knew we were going to be talking about preaching on podcasts. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Uh, yes. And I, do so, remember, I do remember that. We were, we were talking, talking about homiletics. We were talking about a preacher, I think. We were talking about a preacher. That we heard. To be sure. <laughs> but, but, um, but one thing we talked about in that was, I said to you guys, like, well, how complicated really is preaching? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, here I'm a naive lay guy, right? Like, sure, I've given talks and stuff, but that's not preaching every Sunday. And Father John, you were, you and, and Deacon Steve, you were nodding right along. Like, you said, it is complicated, um, especially because you have to know who you're preaching to, and you articulated how in the pews, you see it as, I have to preach to the least common denominator, which doesn't mean I'm like watering down my preaching or, or not speaking like about deep things and truthful things, but you're speaking so that the person who least understands, the person who doesn't want to be there can understand. Can you say more about that? Yeah, well, the most, I mean, first of all, most people don't like public speaking to begin with, right? right. It, it's one of the greatest fears that a lot of people have. So it's what we do. Um, but second, I mean, the, the key to public speaking is who am I talking to? And I would argue, I'm sure Deacon Steve would say something similar. Uh, I don't know a more diverse audience than, than a congregation at Mass on Sunday because it runs the whole gamut. You've got people who are seriously sold out for Jesus, who are trying to live as radical disciples, uh, who are willing to be martyred on one side. And then you got other people who are think, sitting there going, you know, like, why am I here? Like, they, they walked in as late as they could. They're going to leave right after communion. They're checking a box. I mean, that was me. So um, not to speak condemnatory, that was me for a, a, a many number of years in my own life. But uh, it's just an amazingly diverse population. And so somehow you're trying to give to this really diverse body, a word that God has given you in such a way that it both inspires those who are serious disciples to go deeper and is able to catch the person who's not even sure why they're here. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing challenge. Hmm. So, so it probably means that you're constantly having to break down things that, if you will, in Catholic culture, you take for granted Unpacking words. I mean, I watch you do that all the time. You're unpacking a, so what, what in this podcast might seem very normal language. You're able to break open. Okay, so that means this. That means this. And I, I find as a person in the, in the pew listening to you preach, Father John, when you break 
stuff down that might otherwise seem like you don't need to break that down, you're reminding me as a faithful disciple in the pew of how to break that down for those who I encounter day in and day out. So I can break down words like transubstantiation or why do we do the sign of peace or what does the sign of the cross mean? Like when you do that, you're helping me to also remember the basics so I can preach the basics to those in my, my circles of influence. Yeah, I presume nobody knows anything. I mean, it's just my presumption. And, and obviously lots of people know lots of things. But uh, we as Catholics tend to be really great at throwing around a lot of jargon and, you know, words that we think everybody knows what we, what we mean. Grace, sacraments, um, love, <laughs> uh, mercy. I mean, on and on and on. I mean, we, we use these words and this language in the church and oftentimes people, they don't know what we mean and they feel, they feel awkward asking the question because they should know what this means. And so it's helpful, I think, for us as preachers to presuppose that there's a number of people here who don't know what these words mean uh, and to take the time to break them open. Hmm. Archbishop Vigneron, uh, in somewhere around 2015, wrote a, a great letter on, uh, on preaching, actually, uh, which is very apropos to everything we're talking about. It's, it's, it's very easy to find. If you look up Archbishop Alan Vigneron, the, uh, the title of his pastoral letter is The Preacher, servant of the word of God. You can find it easily online. And it, it, it is just his way of breaking open for a, a bishop or a priest or a deacon things to keep in mind as you're proclaiming the word of God. And most of them have to do with the people that you're talking to. Like be mindful of the audience is vast and diverse. And so when you preach, do what you can to catch them all best you can. Right. So that's the clarity piece, which is key, right? Who am I talking to? What am I talking about? To your point, Deacon Steve, if it's, if it's murky in my mind from the pulpit, it is going to be a dense fog on the lay yeah. people in the mm-hmm. pew. But, that's, so, but what about this charity piece? I mean, we were talking in the car today, and you had some great thoughts about how important it is to have charity when you're preaching. Yeah, there was a, um, a line that uh, my homiletics professor used in seminary. Um, and I think it's a great, for, for preachers, a great line, but it's also great for everybody when there's people sitting in front of them. You know, our, our role as preachers is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Mm. Mm. And that, those words are always going to be tough when, when you're comfortable. Mm. You know, uh, I'm sure you've had people walk out on your homilies. I have. Absolutely. And, and uh, I go, you know. Uh, but, you know, in, it was, this quote is a, attributed to St. Augustine, he said in um, essential things, we have to have unity. We have to be united in all essential things. But in non-essential things, we need to have liberty. Um, And there's a lot of things that we argue about as Catholics that really aren't essential. They're important to you. Right. You know, but they're not essential. And And I need to give you liberty and freedom in those things. Uh, but in all things, we have to have charity. Yeah. And that, that's a perfect segue from what we talked about last week, right? I mean, just the, the urgent need in our culture right now, particularly, it's, it's not as if you get a free pass when it's a contentious topic to skip charity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the more so mm-hmm. is charity urgent and essential 
when we're talking about difficult topics. And right now, with all that's happening in the country, there's a lot of difficult topics to be talking about. And so, there's a lot, very little charity. And there's very little charity, right? There's, there's one other thing, right, Mary, that we can, that we can do. I'm, I'm thinking especially maybe you, you, you can speak to this and maybe, maybe Nick too. Like, I, I know for myself as a priest, I'm sure uh, Deacon Steve as a, as a deacon uh, senses this as well. When people are praying for us, it makes all the difference in the world in how we preach. You know, like, so when I know people are lifting me up before the Lord to deliver a challenging word, I feel like I can step into it with greater confidence. I have greater uh, sense of trust that I'm hearing him as I'm praying about whatever it is that I'm thinking of preaching about. Maybe you can speak to that. Just from, you know, sitting in the pews all these years, I cannot imagine the responsibility that bishops and priests and deacons have every Sunday to to preach the word of God and, and, uh, and, and particularly in these days, and I, I have a I have a reminder uh, that goes off every day in my calendar, and it just says, "Pray for bishops, priests, deacons, and seminarians," and it's just something that's always in front of me. And so, um, you, you, you pray for protection. Certainly, you know, I, I like to think of prayer as artillery cover for for you all who are in battle every single day. And uh, like you said, Father, I mean, when you know someone's praying for you, uh, there's nothing like that. You feel that, you know, you feel the effects of those prayers. And, uh, and pray for an anointing, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, upon those who are preaching on Sundays, especially now. Um, there's a lot of different homilies that have gone viral, and people are sending homilies to everybody else. And so you never know if yours is going to end up out on the Internet, right? And so we want to make sure that, um, that you all know that you're being prayed for and the Holy Spirit wants to speak a mighty word of truth, but it's always going to be the spirit of the living God's words in their mouth, right? That's, that's what we need to hear. That's what I need to hear as a sister in the pews. I know one of the things that, mo- that people complain the most about at, about Mass is preaching. Yeah. So, I mean, and I understand why. Um, I mean, yeah, I understand why. Having said that, I'll just challenge people. How often are you praying as you're walking into church for the Holy Spirit to anoint, you know, father or deacon so that they might deliver a word which will actually speak to you? As opposed to, oh, no, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Which is what we tend to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like, I do that when I'm yeah. visiting some places. Like, sure. oh, no, I know this guy. You know, like the Lord wants me to pray for and the Lord wants us all to pray for one another that each of us in our own, you know, ministry might be able to render it in such a way that people are actually um, transformed by it. Yeah. And uh, I have a question for uh, two quick questions for you guys before we um, wrap this up here. But just a thought for lay people, too, is um, uh, to encourage your, your pastor. So, I mean... Not everybody has the same gifts, right? I mean, this is, this is biblical wisdom. Not everybody has the same gifts and same talents. But look, if there's a particular day where your pastor or your deacon said something or preached in a way that really moved you, go tell them. And don't just simply say, hey, that was a great homily, Deacon Steve. Hey, that was a great homily, Father John. But let's it's give useless. great feedback, right? Yeah. It's give, useless feedback. It's useless right. feedback. So let's give great feedback. Let's give right. feedback that's like, when you shared that story about your mom, that touched my heart because you were so vulnerable. Now I'm like, now I'm saying something that's helpful for you. That was vulnerable. 
It was personal mm-hmm. and it touched me, right? right. I mean, so, so to, to, to help guys, you know, who, who might struggle or even just, just, just guys who are great preachers, like let them know what's helpful right. as lay people. Mm-hmm. We're going to take, take that one step further. Um, write them a note. Pop it in the mail. Yep. And then when things get really hard, you pull out that note and go, gosh, okay, so I, I have touched someone. The, the Lord has touched someone through me. Right. Those, those, those notes and letters of encouragement mean a lot, too. So, you know, so we're, we, you know, priests and deacons are usually standing outside of Mass, at least before, before COVID we did, right? And people are coming out <laughs> afterwards and, and saying, you know, they're either walking right past us and, and, or they're saying something like, hey, great homily, Deacon Steve. But great homily, Deacon Steve, is useless feedback. Because it doesn't tell me why. Like, you know, as opposed to, you know, hey, Deacon Steve, when you said X, Y, and Z, man, that just moved me. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a guy who, uh, he was um, a good brother of mine in uh, the first assignment that I had. And we went out to coffee one day and he said something to the effect of, you know, I love the way you preach. It's, it's, It's really inspiring, but you never give me anything to do. And it would be so helpful if you would end what you preach on with something concrete to do. And I thought, that's really useful feedback. Like, Mm. that's helpful. Thank you for caring enough to share that with me. And I think, like, every Sunday, ever since then, 20 years later, I've tried to keep Mark in mind and what he said to me at a Panera you know, on Telegraph Road in 1999, like give people something concrete to do mm-hmm. with what it is that we've shared. That's useful mm, that's feedback, good. right? All right. So two quick questions, Father John and Deacon Steve, uh, for you guys. First is, look, there, there, there's, there's priests listening to this. We know that. Uh, and, and we love you and we are praying for you. Please know that. But there's some guys who are just like, you know, I just don't feel like I have the gifts. I don't forget, you know, we might say the word chops. I don't have the chops to preach, you know. What What do you guys, what would you guys say to them? Guys who are really struggling, they don't feel like they have the gifts, they don't, like, what, what kind of advice do you have? I mean, Mo- I know we have all the stuff we just said, but like, what would you say? Moses stuttered. Yeah. Mm. Mo- Moses had a speech impediment. Mm. So what? I mean, like, what, what did God do through him? Well, let's see. He liberated the people of Israel from Exodus. Mm. <laughs> right? So, I mean... None of us is fit for this. I mean, that's just reality. None of us is fit for this. None of us is qualified for this. But the moment you stand in a pulpit and you open the Word of God and you begin to preach, God wants to use you with all your strengths, weaknesses, limitations, whatever, to deliver a word to his people. Mm. Trust that he will do that and ask him for the grace to be able to deliver his word as he wants to do it. It's not, it, it, right. It's not about you. Just preach, preach the word. I mean, when we were ordained, there was a beautiful prayer with the, that the bishop um, gave us the book of the Gospels. And he said, he said to you, receive the gospel, whose herald you are. Be a herald. Right. Mm. Uh, mm. Believe what you read. Preach what you believe. And practice what you preach. Amen. Uh, if you do those things... You don't have to be the big charismatic priest. If you do that, you're authentic. People know that you're authentic. And people want to be really, really graceful. And if you just are transparent and do that, they will love you for it. Yeah, and, and you know, as you mentioned that, maybe just one last point uh, before we wrap this up. 
Um, I think when we're, when we're younger in ordination, whether we're a deacon or we're a priest, we're afraid of being real in front of people mm-hmm. because we think somehow mistakenly that if I, if I show cracks somehow, you won't trust me. I'm supposed to be like the shell answer man, when in fact it's exactly the opposite. Uh, I, like I'm attracted to people who are raw, vulnerable, and real. You know, not, not that we're supposed to be doing you know, therapy in a, conf- in, in a, in a pulpit. pulpit. We don't do that. No, but to the degree that I'm honest and real, right. people will be able to resonate with me and I can resonate with you when you're preaching that way. Mm-hmm. I, I can think immediately of some of the sermons that you've given where you're talking about hard things that you've gone through and I'm like, oh, I get this man. He's real. He's wrestling with God and I wrestle with God too. And it's so helpful to know that it's okay to do that. Right? I boast in my weakness, and God's power is made perfect in my weakness. Yeah, amen. amen. So we got a lot of, I mean, here we are. We're uh, near the end of September, which means we're a number of weeks away from an election. And that means we're going to be sitting through, and if you're a priest and a deacon, you're going to be giving some potentially very contentious sermons in the weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. We would beg uh, our brothers and sisters in the pews to be praying for a mighty anointing mm. upon all those in our parish families who are preaching and proclaiming the word of God to us, that they might hear the word of God, uh, that they might deliver it in a way that is able to reach into our hearts and transform us. And uh, let's pray for uh, our brothers uh, uh, and sisters in the pews that they might be able to hear what God wants to say uh, so that they can be agents of recreation and transformation in this world that God loves so much. Because remember this, it's always true. You are not alive right now by chance. God is with you, and you were born for this. Mm-hmm.